Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy B. Wilson and it's January 10th. Julius Caesar crossed the Rubicon on this day in the year 49 BCE. Today, crossing the Rubicon has become an idiom in the English language used to describe making a really difficult decision or taking a really important step, something that you just can't turn back from. And so this might conjure up images that the Rubicon was a really dangerous mountain range or some kind of treacherous chasm, but really it was a river and not even a particularly large river. Sometimes it's described as not much more than a stream. It was the context that made it such a critical point of no return. The Rubicon marked the border between Italy and Gaul. Gaul included a lot of what is France and northern Italy today. And after a long and complicated political history, Julius Caesar had been given authority over part of Gaul, and then he had conquered the rest of it. And through this expanding military conquest, he had started amassing enough power to turn back home toward Rome. He had an eye toward remaking the Roman government to suit his own purposes. This was because of both his activities in Gaul and the way he had handled his affairs back in Rome. He basically earned enough money in all this conquest to hire agents to see to his interests there. Of course... This growing power of Julius Caesar was a threat to other powerful people back in Rome. Back in the year 60 BCE, Caesar, Pompey, and Crassus had all formed an alliance together known as the First Triumvirate. And as Caesar had become more and more powerful, that alliance had really started to crumble. Caesar had really been the negotiator between Pompey and Crassus, but as Pompey became more distrustful of Caesar, he couldn't really fill that role anymore. And then Crassus was killed in battle in the year 53, leaving just Pompey and Caesar and various factions within the Senate, all trying to amass the most power, all with their different goals and different ideas about how Rome should be run. This led to a series of very complicated negotiations and tensions until the Senate resolved that both Pompey and Caesar needed to lay down their military commands simultaneously. They voted on this matter on December 1st, the year 50 BCE. But the next day, Roman consul Gaius Claudius Marcellus defied the Senate offered Pompey command of all of Italy's armies. This was basically him taking sides between Caesar and Pompey. Caesar once again said that he and Pompey should give up their commands at the same time, simultaneously, get both of them on the equal footing, disarmed together. But the Senate had changed their perspective. They had basically taken Pompey's side and resolved that if Caesar did not disarm himself, he would be an enemy of the state. A new governor had been elected for Gaul. Caesar was under direct orders to lay down his arms. And that brings us to the Rubicon. If Caesar crossed the Rubicon with the 13th Legion, crossing from Gaul into Italy, at this point, this would be considered an act of war. It was an irreversible decision and a point of no return. In the account of Suetonius, quote, 
He snatched a trumpet from one of them and ran to the river with it. Then sounding the advance with a piercing blast, he crossed to the other side. At this, Caesar cried out, let us go where the omens of the gods and the crimes of our enemies summon us. The die is now cast. This action on Caesar's part led to a civil war, which Caesar won. At the end of it all, declaring, I came, I saw, I conquered, quite famously, Pompey was killed during this process in the year 48 BCE. Caesar returned to Rome as a dictator, although that conquest had not ended until the year 45 BCE, and on the Ides of March, 44 BCE, less than a year later, Caesar was assassinated. Thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on this show. You can subscribe to the Stay in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And you can tune in tomorrow for a landmark court argument. 